Blog Talk Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. This is Rick Lupert of the Poetry Superhighway. Happy to have you with me on this fine Sunday afternoon. It's a beautiful day here in Southern California. At least I assume it is. I haven't been outside at all today, uh, so it's quite possible it's not. But I, I, I've glanced uh, with the corner of my eye out one of the windows, and it seems nice. So, uh, so that's kind of exciting. If any of you are here in Southern California... Uh, maybe you can call in and let me know. Uh, give me some encouraging words to leave the house. Um, so it's the September 2011 edition of our monthly show, Poetry Superhighway Live. We're having an open reading tonight or this afternoon or possibly this morning, depending on where you are. Uh, and you're invited to call in and share your work as well as tune in and hear what everyone else has to say. The number to call in is 646-716-7362. We have no content or style restrictions. You could pretty much do whatever you want. Uh, Think about that. We're uh, coming into the home stretch of our annual poetry contest, uh, which we started in uh, early July. The deadline to participate to send your poems and entry fees in is October 1st. So what does that mean? Well, all the guidelines are online at PoetrySuperHighway.com. Just uh, click on 2011 Contest in the menu, and uh, all the info is there on how to enter. But most importantly, um, if you do want to enter, you do need to send in your work uh, using those guidelines by October 1st. As well, your entry fee needs to be either paid via PayPal uh, on October 1st before midnight Pacific time or uh, postmarked by that day as well. So, and if, and if you do that, uh, or that is if you, if you miss that date, even if you have your poems in, in time, unfortunately we aren't going to be able to include your poems uh, in the contest. And uh, so why don't you want to miss that deadline? Well, if you go to the contest page, as uh, already mentioned, you will see a long, long list of prizes donated by many, many sponsors. So the unique thing about our contest is that every single person who enters, regardless of their score, regardless of even if you're not one of the top three scoring poets, will get something just for entering. There's uh, poetry books, anthologies, magazine subscriptions, uh, art, uh, uh, gift certificates to places, um, things like that. So uh, we've been able to do this every single year of the contest, give someone uh, something just for entering. Give, that is, give everyone who entered something just for entering, which we think is pretty cool. Uh, plus, if you win, you will win um, a, a big chunk of the entry fees taken in. This is a completely not-for-profit contest. Uh, so uh, if we get 500 entries and you're the winner of the contest, uh, half of that money will go to you. If you're the second place uh, scoring poet in the contest, 30% of that money will go to you. And if you're the third place scoring poet, which is the final winning position, you'll get 20% of that money. Um, plus your poems will be published uh, in a special uh, featured Poet of the Week spot, uh, and you have the glory of having won a contest with your poem. We have three judges who are 
busily scoring the poems uh, after the entry fees come in and I send them off to them. Uh, they happen to be the people who won last year's contest, uh, Nick Patron, Kathleen Tyler, and C.W. Emerson. So um, they are really doing yeoman's work, scoring the hundreds of poems which have come in so far. Uh, and if it's anything like past years, uh, a lot more poems come in as we get closer to the end of the contest. So uh, you'll probably get less tired judges if you uh, send in your work sooner rather than later. And more importantly, send in your entry fees sooner rather than later. I want to mention uh, one other thing. Uh, we uh, play, uh, sometimes that is, we play a spoken word track at the uh, roughly at the half hour mark of this show. We've played spoken word tracks from Colin uh, Galbraith. We've uh, we've had Joey, Joey Alks from DJ Monkey on the show. Um, we've had uh, uh, other people as well. And today I'm going to be playing a spoken word track from Scott Wanberg. Scott Wanberg was a poet who uh, was really a treasure of Los Angeles poetry. And uh, he died a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the L.A. poetry community is, is missing him sorely. So in honor of that, uh, today's spoken word track in about 25 minutes or so will be a track from Scott Womberg. So stay tuned for that. With that uh, in mind, you're invited if you've got some kind of uh, track recorded live at a reading or something that was uh, mixed and produced, whether it was professionally or by yourself, uh, and you think you might want to... Uh, send that in for consideration for playing at that spot, then I encourage you to do so. I'm not not looking for a straight recording of you reading a poem, because that's something that you can do just calling into the show. Something that uh, we can, uh, you know, classify under the genre of a spoken word track. Maybe you've mixed music with it. Maybe it was a special reading of something you did at a, at a, at a live event where there's an audience. Something different than just a straight reading of of the poem into the microphone that, again, you could do just at any time just by calling into the show. So that's it. Uh, we've got uh, the chat room open as well. If you click on uh, chat, you're welcome to join in the conversation there, comment on people's poems. Encouragingly, I hope, uh, if you uh, are too embarrassed to call in and you've got something that you want to share, whether it's a poetry announcement. By the way, uh, even if you don't have a poem, if you want to call in and just uh, – uh, mention uh, something that's coming up uh, in the poetry world in your part of the world. You're more than welcome to do that. But if for some reason you can't and you want to send that to me via an instant message, you're more than welcome to do that. I'm uh, Rick Lupert on Facebook. You can message me there or on uh, most of the other chat systems, Google, AIM, iChat, etc. It's uh, Rick Poet. Go ahead and send me a message and I can pass on the information that you would like to share. All right, well... As I mentioned, the phone number to call in is 646-716-7362. We're going to get to our first caller from the 520 area code. Hi. Hi, Rick. This is Albert from uh, Picture Rocks, Arizona. Hi, Albert. How are you doing? doing? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. The weather here is, is sunny and 106. That sounds awfully hot. It is. It is. The data stay inside. Um, is, is, do you have a lot of humidity in Picture Rocks, or is it uh, just straight heat? Well, this is the monsoon season, so we have more humidity than we would have the rest of the year, which makes it kind of miserable. Humidity is kind of low now. We have not had the kind of rain that we should have had. So it's a drought that uh, is continuing, taking its toll. Uh, 
Hmm. Well, I'm glad to have you on the show. Do you have a poem for us? I do. I do. With Labor Day coming up Monday, um, I'd like to do a bit of Southern Arizona history poem. It's called the Bisbee Deportation Blues. I got the blues, Lord, Lord. I got the blues, Lord, Lord, Lord. I got the Bisbee Deportation Blues. July 1917, World War One. Working people killing each other for the boss's benefit. Ain't nothing like a war to make people crazy. All that my country right or wrong crap all the waving the flag. And oh yeah, by the way, let's get rid of the unions. Especially my union, the IWW, Industrial Workers of the World, the one big union. Our strike against Phelps Dodge was mostly about safety. We wanted the state laws enforced underground and a wage increase to support our families. We wanted workers' compensation for our dead and injured. We wanted no more armed guards around the mines. And we wasn't happy about having to trade at the company store either. Bisbee was a real company town, owned and operated by Phelps Dodge. We was peaceful, but that didn't matter to the company or Cochise County Sheriff Harry Wheeler. Harry Wheeler met with Phelps Dodge General Manager Walter Douglas, and the company arranged to spot 19 boxcars and cattle cars outside of town. The sheriff deputized 2,100 men, called them the Loyalty League, and issued them rifles, ammunition, and white armbands to identify them. Early on the hot morning of July 12th, the Loyalty League fanned out up and down the hills, knocking on doors and asking questions. If a man admitted to being unemployed, he was marched off at rifle point. Their kangaroo court questioned us. The man agreed to scab and was vouched for by one of the deputies. He got turned loose to go to work. 1,200 of us told the company and the goons in one way or another to go and fuck themselves. We was Finns and Mexicans and Welshmen and Englishmen and plain Americans, and the company had a machine gun on the roof in case we resisted. They marched us three miles to the railroad siding, some of us barefoot, since the deputies were in such a hurry they wouldn't let us finish getting dressed. The sun was up and hot, and there was only one barrel of water in each boxcar. One of the deputies told me, all right, you goddamn wobbly, get your ass into that side door pullman. He jammed me with his rifle barrel. I climbed up into the cattle car, my nose full of sheep shit. It was smelly and hot inside them boxcars, and there was loyalty league deputies on the roofs with guns. The train steamed off into the desert in Arizona in July. 112 degrees outside, hotter than that inside. 52 hours we were stuffed in them rail cars. It was a miracle no one died of the heat. They took us to an abandoned internment camp for Mexicans in Columbus, New Mexico, and dumped us. Forced us out, and then the train left. No food, no water, no shelter. Well, they broke the wobs in Bisbee Town, broke them pretty much up and down. Working folk who took a stand, arrested and beaten throughout the land. They hung Frank Little, castrated Wesley Everest, ran Big Bill off to Moscow. Copper miners, though, they did survive, working here and there to stay alive. When Self-Stodge opened up the lavender pit, still some old wobblies working in it, talking union, singing solidarity, bringing it all back home. 1930s built the CIO, mine metal smelter workers, way to go. We organized, but the bosses were tough, had to go on strike till they'd had enough, and guess what? They called us Reds, again. Mine mill folded in the second Red Scare, salt of the earth didn't have a prayer. Joined the steel workers, staying alive, the self stocks never lost their profit drive. Put us out on strike, demanded concessions, and more concessions, brought in scabs. 
1983, again in July, permanently replaced left high and dry with the help of the police and the National Guard Company tore up our union card. Remember Bruce Babbitt? He was governor then, Democrat. Harry Wheeler's godson putting down the workers. Well, today Old Bisbee is a tourist town, nothing but antique shops up and down. If you ever go to visit, just remember the day when working folks lived there to earn their pay and got kicked out and their unions busted. Maybe we should get rid of capitalism and replace it with something nice. This be deportation blues. Great last line. Oh, thanks. Not not an original. I stole that from somebody. I, I will admit. No, that's cool though. I mean, if it's uh, uh, you know an element of found poetry is still poetry. Uh, so um, great to hear it. Um, someone commented in the chat room. Uh, I like this first guy, so you, you've got you've got two fans at least. Well, great, thanks a lot, and thanks for all the good work that you do. My pleasure, Albert. Anything going on in uh, in Picture Rocks that you want to mention? Uh, well, a lot of slam poetry going on. That's and slam storytelling now as well. Hmm. It's, um, oh, really? That's interesting. Changed. Yeah, it is. It is. Seniors kind of changed over the years. Um, you've got the academic poets on, on campus, and then you've got the slammers. And um, trying to get some some more kind of in-between readings going, revise some of our performance poetry troop stuff. That's great. I think the best readings are the ones that don't focus on any particular uh, one of those things, you know, that are kind of open to all where and exposing right. exposing everyone there to everything else that there is. Uh uh, so it's it's great that that all the stuff is going on and and maybe it can be combined in some way. Yeah, we hope so. All right, well, Albert, thanks for calling in. Uh, this is your your second uh, time on the show, is that right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Rick. Thanks for doing it and uh, thanks for having me. No problem. Welcome back and hope to hope to hear from me again. Yeah, happy Labor Day and remember who invented the weekend. <laughs> take, care. Uh, take care. That was uh, Albert calling from uh, Picture Rocks, Arizona. Uh, his uh, his second time here on the show. Uh, great to uh, great to have him back. All right, moving along. Our uh, call in number six four six seven one six seven three six two. Moving on to a caller from. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm not even going to say the area code because I think it's uh yeah it's it's you David isn't it oh, it's alive <laughs> it's alive David uh for those for those people who might be first time listeners uh this is David um Nevis which is just one of the many ways to pronounce his last name uh from uh, the rolling hills of Newark New Jersey now in an email Where that you like <laughs> yes, that, that you sent me a, um, a couple of months ago. You you were you were talking about your new book. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you so and, much. And um, you were saying that you might get out to Southern California, yes, and I'm we're wondering coming. if I'm coming. if I could I'm put coming. you up for a reading. And it, it seemed more like a threat, actually. <laughs> well, let, let me also say this: that when you unfortunately use the unfortunate words that there are no style restrictions and no uh, length restrictions or no restrictions of any kind. Nobody abuses that to the degree that I do. <laughs> well, I, I did. Uh, I, I, I never said style or length restrictions. We do uh, prefer well, that you. 
that you stick to the shorter so that way we can get as many of people course. as possible. So, um, of course. But, uh, and we do prefer, actually, that you have some style. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's hear your poem. Okay. You guy, um, I don't know if you remember Harold Camping. He's the guy who predicted that the world would end on May the 21st. Anyway, he has a radio show. Yes, well, it did end, actually. <laughs> he has a radio show and I, I, uh, 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 and a TV show, too. It's, on, it's broadcast on, on uh, Family Radio TV. And I did a, a, a parody on the show. I did a satire. So here it is. Prologue. Again, as we consider the end of the world in John's cab, with three five-eighths wheels and 97 one-hundredths of a composite one-horse brain, as we see through the gopher-hole vision and imposing megaphone of the weasen puny oracle in the gray suit and with the condom pulled tightly over his head, and so he bellows. <clears throat> Good evening and welcome to Open Forum. May I have the privilege and pleasure of coming into your home to visit with you for a little while. And as long as I'm in your home, will you also allow me to pee on your rug? After all, considering that I've been around since before the Punic Wars, you have to allow for a little incontinence, don't you think? So... What would you like to talk about on this ridiculous religious radio program? How may I thoroughly confuse, exasperate, and downright infuriate you with my dogmatic, opinionated answers to your dumbass questions? Two, as you may or may not know, the fact is that I am the authoritative inspired and inerrant word of God. And if you should call and disagree with me for any reason, I'll just put my nasty, bony old finger on the old mute button right here, and the entire world will think that you're a retard, as once again I'll emerge as totally omniscient and omnipresent, but never Malodorous. Shall we take our first call, please? Three. Good evening and welcome to Open Forum. Oh, Brother Crappy, I know that I'm a total douchebag, a no-good, rotten, putrid, despicable, and loathsome sinner headed straight for hell. Is there any hope for me, Brother Crappy? Please tell me, please. Oh, yes. You're absolutely correct. The fact is that you're a real low-life scuzz bucket, a legend in your own slime. You have the unmitigated gall to ask me if there is any hope. What are you, some kind of a comedian? No, 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 no. Never. For a disgusting, contemptible, vile excuse for a human being like you. You sub-amoebic troglodyte. 
why you deserve eternal damnation forever and ever and ever and ever. As a matter of fact, your punishment should be to be locked in a room with a loudspeaker with no off switch, banished to listening to this radio program and to the sound of my voice forever and ever and ever and ever. Caller. Oh, thank you so much, Brother Crappy. What a blessing you are. I feel so much better. How could I ever thank you? Well, that's why I make the big bucks and get all of the action. Wink, wink. (laughs) Since you're not one of the elect and the world is coming to an end in exactly... Let me check. What does the big hand say? Oh, Oh, yes. 16 minutes and 37 seconds, according to my calculations, we have time for my very favorite Christmas carol. Okay, let's all follow the bouncing bedpan. Okay, all together now. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to crapping. End poem. Wow, David. I uh I a headache developed during that. I'm not sure what what happened. Is that happened, the only but... malady? Is that the only physical symptom? Well, I I would really need to consult a doctor. There probably are other things. I think so. Which have come up uh as a result of that. Um, I think dementia dementia is for, is down the road a piece. <laughs> It's it's getting closer every time you call Indeed. in. Indeed, um, <laughs> I when, can tell. When are you coming to Southern California? I'm okay right now as we speak. I'm in a rehab facility getting better. It's a physical rehab. I, I had some problems with my health, so I'm getting better and stronger. And I want to come to in October. Okay, right after the contest, I want to come in October, uh, catch a plane out to to L.A. I guess, and well, I I, I have the directions to uh, from from your website for, to, to get to the Cobalt. So, but I'm coming out there by uh, you know I'll let you know by email. But October, uh, preferably the third week in October. All right. Well, send me an email, and we can we can talk about it because the the schedule is 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 kind of full in terms of featured poets in October already. Okay. But I, I'd, All right. I'd, at at any more. rate, okay, we'll talk over email. Okay. Thanks. We will. David, I hope you get better uh, quickly, and um, thanks for being a, a regular caller here. Oh, it was my pleasure, Rick. You know it is. You 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 have a great show, and uh, you have a great what I would. Yeah, I would almost use the religious term ministry. I mean, this is like a ministry you have. Oh, dear God. (laughs) (laughs) Brother Orchid, say amen, somebody. Anyway, (laughs) have a great rest of the show, and I'll be listening, okay, on on the line. Okay, great. Uh, David, thanks a lot, and uh, thanks for your kind words, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, Rick. Bye-bye. Bye. That was uh, David Neves from uh, from the lush, rolling, and radioactive hills of Newark, New Jersey, if that's actually a real place that anyone could be from. Um, all right, the number to call in is uh, 646-716-7362. I've been chatting with some, 
some uh, uh, nervous people in the chat room. So if you're listening, whether or not you're in the chat room, I encourage you to call in. Uh, this is a very friendly show. We're open to everything, and and the the fact is that uh, uh, it's not it, as much as I'm encouraging of people participating in the live in-person open reading I host every week uh, here in Southern Cal um, uh, at the very friendly place, the Cobalt Cafe, where everyone's very encouraging. This is even easier. I mean, you don't have to go anywhere. You can just do it on the phone. Uh, uh, it, it's it's You can't see anybody. You don't even have to be wearing clothing. So if you're at all nervous, this is really the easiest way to get started in uh, reading poetry. Quote, in front of, end quote, people. So 646-716-7362. I think we have time for one more caller before I get to the uh, spoken word track I promised you from Scott Womberg. Uh, so please welcome from the 804. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon. My name is Hugh. I'm calling from Virginia. And I'd like to share a little poem that I authored many years ago as a motivator for my own life and the poem is actually in the President Ronald Reagan Library. It's discussed as a weapon against terrorism in an interview that can be downloaded from a blog, which I'd like to share if I may, so people can see the poem. The poem is only three lines long. It's titled Caring Sharing. It reads, if you dare to care, then share. If you share, pay heed. God will reward every good deed, and you can see it on a blog. If you Google the word creativity777.com. That's great. I'm sorry, did you say your name was Hugh? Yes, uh-huh. Hugh, well, uh, thanks for sharing that piece. Uh, so creativity777.com, and uh, people will be able to, to, to see that piece. And, you're, and you say it's in the uh, Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. Yes, that's all indicated on the blog and discussed in the uh, interview. And with uh, the 10th anniversary of 9-11 coming up, you'll hear in the interview where I was on Long Island and offered that over the radio airwaves to calm people and to put them in the right frame of mind uh, for what was happening at the time. Um, how May I ask how it came uh, to uh, get into the into the library, and if, if uh, I, I'm sure you you must have this on the blog, but but as yeah, long as I'm I'm there's talking with you, uh, on there, there's actually a, a proclamation discussed, and um, I think it was December 12th or 13th, somewhere in there, uh, that Ronald Reagan proclaimed the National Care Share Day. I had authored the poem prior to that and sent it in uh, for uh, the uh, National Care Share Day that he um, proclaimed. That's great. So uh, I, I mean, I happen to live not too far from the library. If anyone else here in Southern California wants to go check it out, is there a repository of other poetry and things like that? How would they, how would they find uh, this this body of work on on site? Well, you'll see the proclamation number. I don't have it right up in front of me, but it's okay. all this on the site. I mean, I don't consider myself a poet, although I have authored a. A few when people love what I write. So you, uh, that's interesting. You write poetry, but you don't consider yourself a poet. No, I just get inspired. I'm very creative, and uh, I'm standing in my truth too. I actually am more concerned with creating a whole new 
form of global incentive economy. I touch upon that in the interview, too. I'm looking to bring spirituality into global economics, and uh, the bottom line in everything globally is uh, unconditional love. I was blessed to have been married to an earth angel for 35 and a half years who taught me that lesson, so it's time to stop the fighting. You know, we have to learn to embrace our differences and uh, come out into the communities and interact with each other, and we'll be able to solve our problems. But if we remain separate and allow people uh, from a small number to dictate to the masses, uh, we're not going to get anywhere. So, um, well, that's that's a beautiful sentiment. Um, I, I want to just get to this 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 concept of you uh, as as an artist who who doesn't necessarily uh, uh, consider yourself one. Though, I, do you, is, is it not so much about the art? It's just another way to get 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 the message across. That, that and that's really your your priority. I feel it's divine inspiration. At times, I'll just it'll be forced. Out of me, and uh, I'll share another one if you have a, a moment, and uh, it may be interesting. And there is another one on the blog too, but uh, this one is titled "Mine M I N E Your Mind M I N D." It's mainly geared toward the seniors, of which I'm one, and it reads "Mine Your Mind, and you may find new gems to be discovered and uncovered, the cure for illness and the end of poverty." are just two examples of what may come when someone minds their mind. Perhaps that someone is you. Ask God to guide you, and you will see unlimited possibilities and opportunities. Be kind as you open your mind, and you will learn to care and share. Once you become aware, you can change this world through love and understanding. It's not too late, but don't hesitate. For today is tomorrow, and tomorrow never comes. At the end of your days, will you be in a haze or give up a quest to the rest? A poem, an invention, or a solution to pollution are awaiting to be mined. It's all up to you to mine your mind and help in the betterment of all mankind. Good luck, and may God bless you. Uh, well, Hugh, thanks so much for sharing that. I, I typically actually don't allow people to read a second poem because I want to give everyone a, a, a chance. But uh, since your first one was so short, uh, uh, it's, it's not a problem. Well, I, I, I appreciate that you called in and shared your work and, and to learn and, and, and appreciated learning more about uh, what you're about. May, may I ask what town you're in in Virginia? Just uh, we, we like to know what cities people are in. Sure, that's all part of my truth. I'm originally from New York, but... I currently reside in a little town about 20 miles north of the capital, Richmond, Virginia. It's called Ashland. Ashland builds itself the center of the universe. I'm self-proclaimed to you the heartbeat of America. Well, that's great. Uh, well, keep on beating, um, Hugh, and uh, thanks very much for calling in. And uh, let's give out that website one more time in case anyone's interested. Yeah, you would just Google the word creativity37s.com. Uh, Great. It's creativity777.com. Thanks a lot for calling in and hope to hear from you again. Okay. Thank you. Happy holiday. You too. That was uh, Hugh calling from Ashland, Virginia, the uh, self-proclaimed center of the universe. Um, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're just about at the half-hour mark. Uh, Going to give you an opportunity to uh, queue up in the in the phone 
uh, banks there. The number to call in is 646-716-7362. If you go to the website, you can also just uh, click to talk through the through a Skype button. Uh, that's free. Uh, sometimes the sound is a little better if you have a decent Internet connection and a, and a microphone that you can talk right into as well. Uh, but as we like to do when we have uh, a new spoken word track here at the half-hour mark of the show, um, we play a spoken word track. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Southern California – well, really the world's uh, poetry community lost uh, poet Scott Wanberg. Scott uh, was born in 1953. He passed away just a couple of weeks ago. Um, he'd been struggling with health problems for for a while um, he spent uh, most of his his life here in Southern California, where he was a uh, really a, a local legend and and part of the poetry community. Read all the time, wrote all the time. Was part of a performance group here called the Karma Bums, uh, a group of people uh, really kind of eclectic and diverse, but I guess most closely associated with the Beats, um, also featuring. Uh, S.A. Griffin, Doug Knott, and Mike Molette. They would drive around on tour to different readings in a, in a gorgeous 57 Chevrolet, which uh, which still exists and which still pops up in places every now and then. Um, and Scott was just, he was wonderful. Um, um, so if, if you were friends with him on Facebook, um, he, he you would know that how prolific he was, even in the last days of his life when there was no indication that uh, that he would be leaving us I and mean, constantly posting new poems, wonderful new poems. And um and uh and and I guess the thing that really struck me about Scott was how positive he was. Um and, and I don't mean that his his work was sort of tainted with with um with a uh kind of a cliche positivity uh, as it were, but he was just such a positive individual, always looking on on the bright side of stuff, always happy to see you, um, always happy to hear you read. Um, and when he read, it was just a, a um, just sort of a festival of fun. Um, uh, and um, the track that I'm going to play comes from a CD called uh, Three Fools in April. This is recorded from a uh, reading which happened at Beyond Baroque uh, a few years ago, uh, which uh, featured um, Henry Mortensen and Vigo Mortensen, uh, and Scott Wanberg, a reading at Beyond Baroque Literary Arts Center in Venice, uh, California. Uh, this is a, a track from that called The Smiling Samurai from Scott Wanberg. The Smiling Samurai. <laughs> the Samurai checks into the Bayswater Travel Lodge on a rainy Monday night around 6. He's got a cold. His stomach hurts. The man behind the desk doesn't think swords are allowed, even if there isn't a sign in the window saying otherwise. <laughs> the samurai reaches into his pockets to pay for four days' lodging and brings out tiny fish. We don't take fish here, the man says warily. You must have meant to check in at the throbbing trout. That's up the road next to the Arco gas station. Throbbing trout, the samurai asks, slowly putting the fish back into his pockets. Don't mistake me for a fool, sir. Make as many mistakes as you believe you're capable of, but do not make the mistake that I might be in the slightest degree a fool. Well, now I never mentioned anything of the sort. You Japs are touchy, I suppose. <laughs> Saw a couple of your so-called movies over at the Legion the other night. Kurosawa movies. 
strange one with a guy pretending to be a trolley car. You're not one of those, are you? You're not going to check in here and when everyone else is sleeping, you're not going to run up and down the balcony making like a trolley car. <laughs> because if you are, you'll just have to pay $25 more. The samurai have had enough. If the Bayswater Travel Lodge registration lobby had been the Kyoto kitty cat lion, he'd take his sword to the man's impudent head. I'm going to my room now and pray to Buddha. No, no, we don't let shrines in, Sonny. Rules. No doing up candles and that stuff. You might start a fire. We don't sanction fires around here. If you want to kill yourself by burning yourself up, there are a lot easier places to do it in. The samurai bows. He will not let this bore of a man defend him. Ignorant cockroach with a foul tongue, he says in Japanese, and walks out onto Galleon Highway. Motels bump the sky with their advertising. The samurai has a vision in which he slowly takes them all down with his sword, beginning with the Bayswater Travel Lodge and ending with the midnight, all-perpendicular, Anglo-confession slap-happy motel on the northwest of town. A police car stops next to him. The policemen are bored. You looking for the tea gardens, Ace? You looking for Godzilla, Chief? The samurai smiles. It's the last smile you'd ever want to have to deal with. <laughs> oh, that was so fun. That was uh, uh, the Smiling Samurai uh, live spoken word track from Scott Womberg uh, off the CD, Three Fools for April. Um, if you Google Scott Womberg, you're going to come across a lot of stuff. Um, it's all good. Um, you should check it out. Um, he's got a book. Uh, his most recent book uh, is from Percival Press. It's it's on a, it's online. You can you can definitely get it uh, online. And I think they're putting out a new collection of his work uh, as well uh, is, at some point in the in the near future. I hope. Um, if you happen to be in Southern California, or if you know Scott and were so moved by his presence and existence, or if you just feel like flying in for something fun, uh, September seventeenth. Uh, that's a Saturday. 3 o'clock to 10 o'clock p.m., there's going to be a memorial event for Scott um, at Beyond Baroque Literary Arts Center in Venice. Uh, you can check out the details and how to get there at beyondbaroque.org. Um, it's mostly a party and a celebration. I'm sure poems will be read, uh, uh, barbecue, food, uh, music, all that kind of stuff, really just to celebrate the man uh, and his life. So um, that's September 17th at 3 o'clock p.m. Pacific. Hope you can make it. Um, that was our spoken word track for uh, this month. If you want to uh, uh, send something in, just email me an MP3 to rick at poetrysuperhighway.com, and I'll take a listen and consider playing it at this spot in uh, in a future Poetry Superhighway live show. Again, just don't want to uh, 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 bore you with overemphasizing this, but um, uh, I'm not looking for something that's just you reading a poem into the microphone. Because uh, again, you can just call in and, and do that, and I'd love for you to do that. But uh, something that uh, that uh, made sense for you, for it to be a separate spoken word track. Again, you've you've mixed it with music. There's sound effects. There's something different about it, uh, or maybe even uh, just as this track was. It was uh, uh, something that was recorded at a live event uh, that that you were particularly proud of, and and the audience uh, reaction uh, added something to. To it, so consider sending that off to me, and I'll be happy to to uh, consider putting it on the air in our monthly spoken word track segment. 
So, again, ladies and gentlemen, I just got a couple people on the air. That's not going to last us the next 20 minutes, so you better call in. It's uh, 646-716-7362. I would love to hear a poem from you and learn more about your poetry community, etc. Maybe you got something to promote and you don't even want to read a poem. Your your website, your latest book, a monthly or weekly, uh, some kind of reading that you're doing, a contest, etc. Call in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Moving to our next caller. Uh, from the 707 area code. Hi. Hey, hey, Rick. This is Don from Sonoma. Hi, Don. I apologize to you publicly for giving you a promise of having something to do for you and not getting it done, but I have been sicker than a dog, so uh, I take responsibility for not following through on it, but more importantly... Uh, I am getting a little bit better, so. Uh, I don't remember what you what you promised to do, so I, I'm not well, all upset. <laughs> I, I I won't remind you and get you all upset. I can't imagine that I would I would get upset, but whatever it is that you're going to do someday, I I'm I thank you in advance, and I'm I'm thrilled to hear that you're getting better, uh, and uh, and will continue the work of poetry. Much appreciated. This poem that I am going to do has a cryptic title to it. It's called, My Ink Had Too Much Alcohol in It. And this is for Miss R. I began by writing. But poetry? It doesn't pay. So I stayed in bars after poetry readings to be with others who knew what paid. I stayed and drank and then stopped writing because drinking seemed to be better than either poetry or pay. The attempts to get clean, the attempts to get sober, like the contents of a poured bottle of wine gripped through my fingers until a treatment center and the want of a woman changed my outlook from blurry to clear. While the mind did not follow the whole trip back, I am happy with that which I did get repacked. Now again I write, and while not as facile, I still can make sense and better sense than that which I made while sucking a drink. I will ask you, which is best? A hard, sober turd you can pick up with a hand of plastic, or a wet pile of shit, which even when dry still stinks. And if you put your finger onto my lips as a blessing, could you love or care for a recovering poet ever so slightly touched? In text. Don, that was beautiful. Really enjoyed that. Well, it it's been sent out, and I have a tentative acceptance uh, out of Duluth. So, when I get the acceptance check, I'll be much more stable about uh, releasing the information about where it's being published. 
But until that check comes in, I'm I'm not too happy. What it, well, that's an interesting uh, a comment uh, based on the uh, text of the poem as well. What is your take on on you know getting paid or not getting paid in terms of the the you know is that how one measures one's success as a poet or an artist of some kind? No, it's it's really a matter of having this particular venue do that because they have been reticent in the past about sending this pittance that they do a grant to me. And mm. so um, it's sort of an acknowledgement and uh, forgiveness, acceptance of forgiveness on their part, and um, I guess an act of trust for submitting it to them. I'm, a, I'm being cryptic. I, I apologize. I just did something to them. Uh, they got angry, and so now I'm attempting to make up. Well, that's. Uh, I mean, it's always good to be able to uh, to do that. Um, um, but uh, you know, back to my original concept. It, it, if we can separate from your personal situation for a sec, I, I do think it's an interesting conversation because you know uh, so many uh you know th- there's not a lot of money in poetry you know what i'm saying for for most people and so for most of us uh uh you know it's really a a labor of love uh you know engaging uh-huh. in the in the art form and you know occasionally we do readings where a tip hat is passed around or if we're lucky enough we get asked to read at a place where um you know they have funding from poets and writers and we might get a hundred dollars, you know, once or twice a year, or something like that. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I happen to be, you know, probably among the more successful in terms of, you know, making, you know, uh, money that comes in. But still, it's, it's not something that, that I could, that makes the mortgage. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, I sell books here. I'm not losing money, basically. You know, uh, that kind of thing. But uh, is it? Um, what if there was no money in it, you know, at, at all? And, and for most matter about other venues. With this particular venue, it is important because it symboli- symbolifies their acknowledgement of my willing, my apology. Hmm. And in the past, they printed stuff and not sent the pittance. And... Uh, and so now I'm just hoping that they accept my apology. Well, I I, I hope they do. Um, so, uh, uh, and I and I hope that situation works works out for you. Do you, Do you have any comment on the more general uh, 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 concept that I brought up, or is is are you too? No, the, um, the thing of it is, in all other areas, it really is not a pressing issue that um, whether or not you read for free or put it online for free or get a stipend or get royalties, that's extraneous. The the essential Mm -hmm. is that the driving force is the necessity to express poetry. Yes. To get it out to 
an audience or even keep it, you know, like uh, Emily Dickinson didn't and uh, and um, those who came after her um, ruffled her manuscript a little bit and, and I think she still forgave them. But uh, I, I do have some other things that I'd like to get out of the way. If anybody is in the Sonoma County area, please investigate Redwood Riders, which is a nonprofit organization that does uh, general education, readings, etc., for their members and non-members. So that's restricted to Sonoma County. And two other mm-hmm. organizations, the Bay Area Poets Coalition out of Berkeley. Um, Mr. Rowe is uh, president of that. That is also a nonprofit organization, uh, a membership organization. And uh, for the five or maybe even seven counties that surround the Bay, San Francisco Bay, that would be a nexus. And then jumping up, of course, poets and writers and duotrope are good sources and good responsible agencies to support. And then when you get out towards the esoterica, two of the things that I particularly enjoy is the National Writers Union and um, something called Poetry therapy so um, just those mentions and I will attempt to get it on the board on the chat board but um, my fingers are fat so uh, <laughs> you know water no, so. no problem well well, Don I appreciate you calling in and, and chatting a bit as well and uh, glad to hear you're getting better and hope you, you have a full and complete recovery and I'll, I'll talk with you again okay Thanks, Rick. Bye-bye. Bye. That was uh, uh, Don calling from Sonoma, California, a regular caller here sharing work with us and uh, talking a bit as well. Uh, moving along, we have a, uh, well, let's see, just a series of ones. Could be a block number. You might be Skyping in. Who's who's on the air? Uh, Rain Dog. Rain Dog. How you doing? Yeah, Rick. How you doing? I'm great, thanks. Well, I just got your email, so I thought, oh, man, I should call. Perfect. So, there I am. I I was curious about this guy from Sonoma, this Don. Was he saying that um, that he was uh, trying to make up for? Uh, I I guess I, I it sounded like he was uh, upset by the the organization that had accepted some of his work and and had offered to pay for it and then not paid for it. Um, was he was he trying to apologize to them for for getting upset about that? Is that what? Well, he was kind of correctly. Was I getting correctly there? Um, I, I'm not sure if those specifics are 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 right or not because he was purposefully vague. I think uh, yeah, on yeah, purpose, but but um, but it sounded like something like that. Um, so uh, you know, because that really frosts my cookies, man. <laughs> You know, I I have my own feelings about that kind of stuff, and uh, um, what's your what's your point of view? Well, I think that uh, I think that uh, 
poets should be paid for their work. Sure. Um, uh, it even bothers me when uh, somebody tells me that I have to buy a, a, a copy of the of the magazine that I'm appearing in. That they don't even that they won't even send me a, a you know contributor's copy. It doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. And when that happens, I really I really debate whether or not I should withdraw the work from their magazine, or if I should just let it ride and just think black thoughts about them for a while. <laughs> I, I I think that which if I you have get, done. I'm sure. I I'm I I am i am kind of on your side on this. I I think that if if someone, you know, if 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 they print uh, an anthology or a magazine that you're in, that that the very least the payment should be a contributor's copy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, I think, it can get I think expensive. I understand why they don't want to do that. But uh, whatever I do in anthology, I always send out copies to the contributors. Sure, I think I think most people do, um, but you know it's. Uh, um, but on the on the other side of that, is it? I mean, is it okay to, you know, submit to an online journal or to go to a reading to be you know be a featured reader where there is no compensation, um, you know, if especially if you know that in advance, or or do you think that you should be paid to do that, or would you refuse to? Well. Submit to a place or go read at a place knowing that there's no compensation. Well, online it's a little different. There's no mm-hmm. overhead, so there's no, you know, I mean, everybody gets a copy. They just got to look online. Um, that's a little, that's slightly different. I think if you offer, if you say that you will pay for a submission, if it's accepted, and then you don't, that that's just wrong. You ought to be taken out and hung from the nearest you know, lamp post. Um, it would be great if all readings could afford to pay um, the featured poets, and, um, especially if they have to travel to get to the reading. But um, it's not always the case. And uh, you know, I actually went to. I remember I went to a reading up in uh, Nevada City one time when I was living in, in uh, San Pedro. That's a drive. Nevada City's yeah. up in Northern California. And um, not only didn't they offer any kind of a stipend to the poets, but they didn't pass the hat either, which mm. seemed a little odd to me, since it was not like the crowd couldn't afford to throw out a few shekels. But the guy that organized the reading was a, a stat, was an established, a well-established dentist up there. And um, again, you know, here's a guy who could probably afford to throw a little money in the direction of the guy that traveled from San Pedro. And he he didn't and the logic his as he told me was that um was that he didn't want to demean the craft of poetry. Hmm. Which I sorta of understood, but at the same time I was thinking, well, how about how about uh, demeaning the act of buying gasoline to drive up here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean I I'm a Don't big spade, spade, pal. You know? I'm I'm a big uh, a proponent of of the concept of artists being paid for their work and you know at the reading that I host you know I I feel a little funny about passing a hat um cuz some people can and some people can't and I don't want to make people feel that so you know I I make broadsides which we sell and then people can choose to right. buy them or not and so even if you know you don't even if no one bought a broadside which which has never happened but you you as the poet would still get as payment, you know, 25 copies of this poster of your poem, sort of like 
being published in in a sense and I you know that's right. how I, so there's a lot of different ways to do it and I'm definitely I I just think art has value and I think living as an artist has value and you should be able to in some small way even if it just means you're able to buy a single meal be able to sustain right. yourself Absolutely. from your artwork you know Absolutely. I'm in that I'm in that boat right now myself trying to actually make a living selling poetry. I mean, God, what was I thinking? But well, um, that is a fool The actual but, uh, reason I called was because I wanted to share a poem. Is that is there time? Uh yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Now you're down to the wire. It's not long. It's about a minute. Uh, I actually uh, wrote this for Scott Weinberg. Hmm. So, uh, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Okay, it's, it's it's well. I assume that most of your listeners probably already know about Scott, but in case you don't know, Scott Weinberg recently passed away uh, up in Florence, Oregon, at the early age of fifty-eight. A little too young, in my opinion, but I guess when death comes, it's never too late or too early. It's right on time. Um, it's called "Upon Hearing of Your Death." I am stunned. Stunned by your early departure, stunned by my own lack of tears, knowing that my grief moves slowly like a white porcelain tub, slowly filling with water, or a river slowly spilling over its banks and creeping quietly towards town, silently overwhelming all in its path. As I'm driving through town, I notice a happy couple greeting a friend, a man fiddling with a checkerboard, the way the heat presses down on the city, the odd sensation that I am a foreigner here, not a ghost or a stranger, but somehow someone who is out of sync with the rest of life, someone very far from home. I'm stunned. But I stumble forward, not sure what I am doing is correct. The world is stranger, and I am a poorer man. Let the waters take me. Mm. Thanks, Rick. No problem. Thanks for calling in uh, and and sharing that. I yeah, I, I guess you, you tuned in late, but I actually played one of Scott's uh, tracks from the Three Fools in April uh, uh, CD uh, at the half hour mark and talked about it and, and talked about the memorial reading coming up. But great to hear that piece as well, and I'm glad that you had the chance to call in and share it. Do you know when that memorial's taking place? Because I heard there's supposed to be a barbecue or something. Yep, it's uh, it's Saturday, September seventeenth, three o'clock uh, to ten o'clock uh, at Beyond Baroque in Venice. All right. Yeah, I plan on being there. I don't know if I'll get a chance to read, but I'll be there. Yeah, it's probably more of a party than than a, you know than a formal. Well, you know, there's going to be a know. long line of people signing up to read. Yeah, more. yeah, you're right. You're right. Think about who we're talking about. We're talking about L.A. poets. <laughs> Well, people they wanting to pay, pay tribute to the man. To I I don't know that I would sell my grandmother for a chance to read, but um, my grandmother's not alive. I get I don't know how much value she I would has. I sell at this my point. grandmother. She's dead. No, what would she know? <laughs> You're right. It's sure. we should, let's all sell our dead grandparents. Yes, um, let's sell somebody. Great to hear your voice, Rain Dog, and uh, a call in again sometime. All right. I will. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was uh, Rain Dog from here in Southern California, publishes Lummox Press. Uh, I'm sure if you Google Lummox, you'll find the website, etc. They put out a, a lot of uh, really wonderful books, um, 
anthologies, etc., um, well worth checking out. And a man whose poetry I, I truly enjoy as well, so you should check out not only the stuff that he publishes, but his own work. And if, and if, you, uh, if you can find yourself uh, able to purchase one of his books, I'm sure, uh, A, you would enjoy it, and B, it would be helpful to him as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've come to the end of uh, another show. Just putting on the uh, background music here. This is the music that was supposed to open the show, but uh, for some reason it didn't automatically play. So I thought, what the hell, I'll just play it at the end. I hope you enjoy it. I'll talk over it to say goodbye. Thanks to everyone for calling in. Uh, uh, Albert from Picture Rocks, Arizona. David from Newark. Hugh from Ashland, Virginia. Don from Sonoma, California. And Rain Dog. I'm here in Southern California. Our next show will be October 16th. It's not going to be an open reading, but we're going to be announcing the winners of the 2011 Poetry Superhighway Poetry Contest. Uh, still your still chance to enter. Go to PoetrySuperhighway.com and, uh, and check it out. Uh, only a dollar per poem, and you would definitely win something just for entering. And you could win the contest, in which case you could win hundreds of dollars as well as publication, etc. So check that on, out online, and uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back then. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day.